All right. Well, tonight we are talking with Lori Banks on My Nasty Couch. Lori, welcome. Thank you. Uh, what do you think of the couch? I was about to say it's not that nasty, but the arms once were white and now are gray, so it's pretty gross. Yeah, it's it's kind of got that sheen where like it's so universally dirty that you don't really notice it until you think, oh, this isn't supposed to be beige. Yeah. <laughs> the cushions in the couch's defense don't seem too bad. Yeah, the cushions are really the only reason why I've kept it. Um, otherwise, otherwise I would have trashed it right away. For sure. And, you know, it does match your carpet, the red and the red, so... That's true. You know, it, it does have kind of that, like, old, I, I don't know, like, 60s color scheme to it. Yeah, it's it's a little... It's, it's comfortable, you know. It doesn't jump out. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it might look comfortable. It doesn't feel quite comfortable. You can feel the springs. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I've sat on worse. I think you had worse in your living room, but... Yeah, yeah, no, that couch ate things. We had to get rid of it. <laughs> Excellent. It, it was it was not friendly. I don't think that people would come and sit on that couch if I still had it. Yeah. Even... I have to ask, am I the first to sit on your nasty couch? Well, the well... first to sit and be recorded talking on my couch, yes. Wow, I am honored. Yeah, this is this is episode zero. You are the guinea pig. Excellent. This, this is the one that will never air. Yeah, this may never make it to air, so just let it all out. Don't worry. For you. <laughs> um, well, you know, obviously I know you, but all three people who are listening probably don't. Well, I mean, my parents. Right. So, so tell me a little about yourself. Yeah, I, uh, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington, and I am a technical writer for a software company, and I graduated from college with a major in English, so I'm one of those bohemian hippies, et cetera, et cetera. But you have a job, so... Yeah, I made that work out for me in the end, so I suppose I'm just a poser in that regard. Or It'd a sellout yuppie. Yeah, ex that would be more accurate. Excuse me. Um, I thoroughly enjoy video games. I know Josh, the host, because he is the dungeon master of the Dungeons & Dragons game that I play in. We all play in. And uh, that's about it that I can think of. That's your entire life. I am engaged. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's That's the first thing that I said when I first heard the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think I recall Becca being a little nonplussed that uh, I wasn't a little more emphatic, but but uh, speaking speaking of that, congratulations, since I, I never Thank did you. say. You um, know, I didn't even tell my oldest brother I told his wife, and then when, we, <laughs> when I told his wife on the phone, I was like, oh, I guess I should have called your husband first since he's my brother, and she said, nah, his response probably would have been, rock on. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. Oh uh, yeah, what's the what's the date? Have you set one or? Yeah, May eleventh is Dang. the day. I I didn't know that was coming so soon. Yeah, it uh, apparently that is standard. We kind of said it last month, so it's standard in Utah County hmm. with you know that kind of subculture. Three to four months. It just worked out best for us. Um, yep. We ran into one of his friends where we told him the date and his friend was like, oh, cool. And his girlfriend immediately looked like totally miffed and like, mm, 
we're like, uh, too short? I don't know. We're getting everything planned. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And she was like, I just think everyone should be engaged for at least five months. We're like, oh, okay. Well, that's a nice opinion. Go take a hike. <laughs> yeah, I was like, thank you for your disapproval. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, May 11th. I'm, I'm going to be in Disney World. Mm. You know, actually, we're not having a reception, so nobody is invited no. anyway. What? It saves no money. No kind of gathering at all? We're going to have a luncheon okay. for family and, like, you know, okay. friends that are, like, family. How do you expect to score any fat loot? Yeah, I know. Um, we'll see who watches this. Maybe I shouldn't say this in a public forum, but <laughs> his family is uh, in a very well-to-do part of Utah County, so... <laughs> all right. Don't <clears throat> worry about that, then. They are... They have a couple of... Uh, multiple already bridal showers planned for myself i i think we'll be all right i you know and i'd be fine with plastic dishes and <laughs> couches as nasty as this one i don't particularly care but i think we'll be all right in the end yeah yeah it's it's funny i i can't you know imagine the translation between you know the lifestyle that i find acceptable at the moment to what I envision myself as having when I'm married. It's like, married me, it's like, oh, he's probably got a bigger apartment and, you know, actual <laughs> furniture that he bought firsthand. And wait a second, why why would I have any of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny the things that, yeah, it is truly the paradigm shift of thinking of what your life is going to be like and like, oh, that's weird. I don't just get to do whatever I want. And yeah. Yeah, it's like, why don't I live like that already if that's my, quote, ideal? <laughs> if, if that's the life I intend on having, why am I not moving towards that? Yeah. But whatever, inertia. Dual income, maybe. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, well, cool. Yeah, you mentioned that we uh, that we play D&D. How, how long has our game, has our group been getting together? It's been over a year. Do you know when we started? Yeah, I think it was around February... Oh, really? Of not... Well, was it of 2011? No. That, that, that'd make it two years this month. Yeah, that's no not way. correct. I think it was February of 2012. See, I, I felt like we had been doing it more recent... Or longer than that. But, I don't know. I myself have been playing for for a year, two years longer. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. All, all the groups kind of blend together. I remember... You never played, like, this is the first time you've played with Thomas, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, Thomas used to run a game in this apartment. Mm. And that's when I introduced Sarah gotcha. to the game. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, that's that's something that nobody cares about. Um, they should. Well, I mean, the, the people that they don't know. Oh, sure. <laughs> I, I can I can just say a bunch of names. And, <laughs> I was to say insert whoever you want to yeah, think about. Yeah, person person A and and Mr. Gazebo. Um, <laughs> yes. So. So D and D, what uh, what was your initial exposure to the game? How how did I mean? Sure, it's it's part of pop culture, but how how did the opportunity for you to start playing come up? Yeah, I don't think I personally knew anyone that played prior to um, Sarah or Mr. Gazebo mm -hmm. uh, coming up to me at some juncture while she was playing her first campaign with you guys and said, oh man, I'm playing D&D. &D. She knew I, you know, 
a lover of nerd and pop culture myself would not approve of that, not disapprove of that and disapprove of that. Anyway, she, uh, so she said, oh yeah, we're playing. And I said, you know, I always wanted to try it just because so many people play it. It can't actually be as ridiculous as some people say it is, you know? <laughs> so she said, okay, well, I start the next campaign and I'll invite you. And that is what happened. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I'm trying to remember kind of, I think it's just been this ubiquitous thing I've heard about. I don't remember any specific exposure to the game. Yeah, it's it's odd in that you have to have someone introduce you to it. Like, you, you can't say, you know, oh, I like Batman, so I'm going to go play the Batman game. Yeah. You know, it's it's like... You have to you have to actively seek it out, which which is I think why it why it gets that kind of you know a mystique behind it and and kind of a clicky exclusivity because you can't do it yourself, which yeah. is kind of what you know our current culture has moved towards is you know you being responsible and able to solo everything you do. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, that's um it was actually my first game um, was when I. It was in the apartment I lived in before here. Um, and it's like the time that I made, met Jake, who I then moved in with. And Jake was living with Thomas, mm -hmm. who we all moved in together. And our dungeon master, our DM, was um, was one of their roommates. Uh, another person whose name nobody cares about. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, we we played with like maps drawn on pizza boxes and <laughs> improvised miniatures, and and uh, yeah, I I kind of had the same impression. It's like there's there's this thing that people keep saying, and I've never seen it. It's like you know that's that's so that's so rare these days, you know, especially with with the you know wide access of information. It's like to have something that you can't just find on your own it's it's really strange um yeah. so but but at least there are there are still you know local game stores that have game nights that you can you know at least go in and ask if you don't know anyone who plays the game um which would be a last resort for a lot of people being sure. being socially awkward as our generation is um but you know if you don't mind if you don't mind meeting some strangers and doing some weird stuff, <laughs> get weird. <laughs> Certainly. Um, well, it's funny, too, that you mentioned about solo role-playing because I stumbled upon a couple months ago, there was a series of books, and the name of the series and even the authors escaping me, but um, that you could... It was a choose-your-own-adventure style, but each mm -hmm. page had um, some indicators in the bottom corners about which dice to roll to determine what page to go to next and huh. what your character could do and it was essentially solo role-playing and they're actually um i followed the rabbit hole far enough that i found someone who as a labor of love had put the text in pdfs or actually not even in pdfs just as html plain html online huh. um there's also i don't know if you follow the webcomic saturday morning breakfast series i used to um, he has recently come out with a kind of choose-your-own-adventure book. I saw about that. Wasn't there a Kickstarter for that? Yeah, Trial of the Clone, mm -hmm. or clones, might be plural. Anyway, uh, and it, I didn't back the Kickstarter or read even that 
far into the explanation of the project, but I got the feeling because I heard of it, this other solo series from that, that uh, it was in the same kind of style as a solo roleplay kind of choose your own adventure. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny because, you know, trying to explain the game to someone who's only heard the name and thinks, oh, that means nerds, it's, <laughs> it's, it's always, you know, the first sentence is the most important. Sure. And it's like, if you say, well, you pretend that you're elves and dwarves, it's like, for most people, it's like, you've lost them. <laughs> Shut like, it down. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, that doesn't apply to me at all, but... But, uh, I, I, again, I can't remember who, who said this, but, you know, the best way to describe such a, such a role-playing scenario, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or GURPS, you know, there are a billion systems and more coming out all the time, is you just call it interactive storytelling. Because, you know, yeah, there's a system, there's a framework that you can work within, but nobody cares if you break the rules, you know, play your own way and, and just tell the best story that you can. Sure. Um... I usually find myself describing it as it's pretty much just video games, but like on a board and with some paper and other people. <laughs> it's like really, really slow <laughs> video games. <laughs> yeah. It's like old school Final Fantasy where everyone mm -hmm. has to take a turn and you're like, come on. Yeah, everyone has to take a turn and computers don't do the adding for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to do all of the chance rolling and you have to figure everything out on your own. Yeah. I mean, at least... At least now with, like, the current um, edition of D&D, you know, they've got a bunch of online tools that make it really, really simple to to organize and, and uh, make your own session. Because, you know, for, for all of the old paper and pencils, you had to go through all of the manuals, you had to, like, pick and choose what monsters you wanted to use, you had to, you know, go to the store. If you didn't want to build your own scenario or, or, uh, or um, campaign... You'd have to go and buy, like, individual booklets and, you know, calculate all of your character scores and your statistics all by hand. It was a lot more involved. But now it's like you go online, you plug your stuff into a little calculator, and it does it for you. Yeah. So at least setup time is dramatically reduced, which makes things a lot simpler and makes yeah. it a lot more accessible to people. Certainly. Um, well, cool. I, I think that we've possibly, I don't know, exhaust well no there is one more thing i want to talk about and it's um it's something that's i don't know not not urgent but th there is the understanding that i'm not going to be around for much longer so what happens with you guys and the game how it progresses it i would feel i would feel pretty lousy if y'all stopped playing when i left Interesting. That would suck for everybody. <laughs> because it seems like something that everybody enjoys. Sure. Um, but but I'm not I'm not certain about who is able or willing to, to take the lead. Yeah. We I I find I didn't know that, I suppose, that Thomas was a DM before. Did he is that something that you do you know if he enjoyed that or was just filling in because he wanted to facilitate a game? He was he was definitely able. Um I I don't know if that was his first time running a campaign, um, but but we had a lot of fun. And actually, the way that we played, we didn't have a board with miniatures. Um, he's uh, you know he's like a graphic artist. He he draws and whatever in his free time, and he had a copy of Flash. And so what he would do is he would make the maps 
um, in Flash, and we would just put it on the TV screen. Nice. And we would tell them, you know, I'm moving my character from this grid to this grid, and I'm attacking this enemy that I can see. And, and it was really cool because, you know, with masks and layering, you can actually reveal individual portions of the map as you see it. That's um, really cool. Which, yeah, it was, it was really neat. It was really novel. Uh, he put a lot of time into that. Um, so I don't know if he'd be willing to do that again. That was when he was single. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and I don't know what uh, what married life has, has done to his time. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure that he would be able. I don't know if he's if he's got the wherewithal to do so. Um, I know that Sarah, she's making an attempt at running a session. I think that's happening this week. Something. Like yeah, that. with some people from the mm-hmm. Internet Club of Nerd Fighters. Which I still don't understand, but I think that's a totally different. Yeah. Discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's just people that watch these particular brothers exchange. Videos. Which, again, I totally don't understand, but... They seem like a happy bunch. Yeah, they, they, seem, <laughs> they seem really, really happy and friendly and have a lot of common interests, so power to them. Um, but, but so yeah, she's going to be running a, a little game, I think just a one-shot, and she's been kind of um, poking me for, for tips and techniques, and I've been giving her the, the copies of the manuals that I have. Um, it's, uh, I mean, yeah... Good luck to her if if she if she really catches it then then I think that she would be enthusiastic about it enough to put in the time to figure it out because honestly anybody can do it. Sure. I'm 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 seriously the least special person <laughs> in that room when we all sit down. So. Yeah. Um. I, I'm not opposed to you know myself doing it. I just know the time commitment, so mm-hmm. I'm always kind of wary of ever saying like, oh yeah, I'll definitely have that done by next week so we can play because I'm a notorious procrastinator. Right. It's, it's funny, at least my experience with the game has been, um, it's, it's a pretty gradual fall off as far as time goes. Like it used to be when, when I started, I would spend, you know, at least two, probably closer to three hours prepping for each session. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, Back when we used to play, we would play on Saturdays for like five or six hours at a time. Sure. So that needed a whole lot more prep. But but these days, um, I usually think about stuff like during the week. Um, I have an idea of where things are going to go. And then I'll maybe spend 30 minutes to an hour getting mm-hmm. ready for a game. And we play for two to three hours now. Um, yeah. And that's that's sufficient. Um and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely a different game. You're playing a different game when you're, when you're at the head of the table. Um, I, I have honestly forgotten what it's like to be a player character. <laughs> One day I would like to do that again. <laughs> I don't see it happening before I leave. Yeah. Uh. But, um, actually if, if we get, uh, I've said this pretty much every time we've gotten together, if we get any more players in the group, we're going to have to split up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that happens and if people aren't, you know, opposed to the, to the idea, then I would, I would definitely want to, you know, probably host one session and play in another. For sure. Although I was, uh, joking, I forget who with the other day that I am interested to see how Carl and Savannah's attendance continues since they just got married. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was another kind of bigger thought that I had. And it kind of crystallized in my mind last night because Carl has a big bag of 
dice. He just bought a pound of dice online. And and he's left that with me <laughs> for the last several months because what's the sense in bringing this bag of dice every time he comes to play? Except last time he took it with him. Oh. Yeah, I don't have it. And I didn't realize that until last time. I'm like, oh, he took it back probably because he anticipates the possibility of never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there's that to consider. But yeah, uh, it a lot does depend on on if they if they keep playing or not because there are still a couple other people that would be you know willing to join in. Sure. Um, but I I can't I can't handle more people. No. Yeah. Seven seven players at a time is murder. And we are the ultimate ridiculous party. I feel like. Well, I mean, it's I don't think that you're any different from any other group. You know, you. you I can't imagine, I've never played in a group this big, but, you know, sitting and doing nothing for five to six minutes at a time, because that's what a round, you know, turns into if you have that many people going out. It was a lot easier with this last game that we had last night because we only had four players. Yeah. And it went a lot faster. I feel like a lot a lot of people got a lot more done. If it um, doesn't say, I think we fought smarter in that mm -hmm. particular encounter because we were like, remained engaged right so being like oh i guess i'll do this attack and it's like wow that was totally worthless good yeah. job <laughs> can you imagine having two more players and miniature figures on that board yeah that was a small room it was it was a small room like that's that's not unusual sure so. sure so anyway we'll we'll see how things pan out maybe they'll disappear like married people do it's true it happens Anyway, um, yeah, that's that's a lot of D and D. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, about you are a writer for a site called Link Dead Gaming. Is that what I understand? Yeah, What's actually, that all about? this I, is a good plug because I actually just uh, put myself on hiatus, <laughs> oh, okay. so you won't see me around. But it's a good plug because it is a good site. Um, or it's a great idea. It's becoming a good site. It's called linkdeadgaming.com, and um, it was started by a gentleman named Blood Eagle. That is truly his first name as one word. He's full-blood Cherokee. And um, he purports, and I believe him, he's a, you know, a little bit older guy, and he's been a part of every beta test of every major MMO that's ever come out. And um, he just loves video games, and he started a guild that has persisted through all these MMOs, through all these years, through all these wow. games. And I don't know the numbers on the guild, but it created this community where uh, once some business opportunities he was a part of fell through and his spouse uh, had the means to support them while he said, decided, I'm going to actually give it a go where I really want to do a gaming podcast every week. And so he started just doing a podcast with some people in this guild that were also interested or that he roped into doing it with him. And from there, they said, you know, we should have a site. And from there, they said, we should put news on the site. And it kind of just grew. And I think it's difficult uh, for them at the moment to get consistent content because it's difficult to get consistent writers and they have no funds to be able to, you know, give paper sure. article or anything like that. But they're very uh, dedicated to remaining impartial. Well, not impartial. I shouldn't say uninfluenced by sure. 
outside influences where they are pretty partial you know in the beginning it was yeah. kind of hard because it was pretty much just mmo news and i'm not a huge fan of mmos and so i was like why don't we write about some other stuff um you know, I just, I, I love seeing, you know, I love backing Kickstarters for no other reason than just like giving the little guy support. And I love that the site just wants to start and make it into something and uh, he has the time to do it. And, you know, we've gotten a number of games from developers, not huge releases, but test copies to review and that sort of thing. And um, I think it has a lot of potential. It just got licensed uh, so I think they might be trying to send somebody to PAX with a media badge me. to get in on that. It was going to be me, but we'll see if by August anything has changed with my ability to commit to doing that. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, really, really enthusiastic people about just all sorts of games. And yeah, that was what I did for a while. So how long were you writing for them? That's a good question. I started when we worked together, and okay. I pretty much started because I knew I wasn't doing anything at work. So I was like, I could just write <laughs> gaming articles all day. Okay, if Becca listens to this, <laughs> stop she knows, listening. <laughs> she knows, I think, how little I worked. Um, man, when, how, what period of time? That's an excellent question. I honestly... Well, Don't think I I'd put a finger on it. You know, while while I was while I was researching you thoroughly, <laughs> uh, I th I think I saw yeah your last article was a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago. Yeah, I d ended up doing the video segment consistently. Mm -hmm. The articles are what really dropped off. They asked for an article a day commitment, and I just whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, it's hard because they have just so few people in just really trying to get going. They actually got a cool leg up in um, being featured on an Android app that does gaming news. with cool. So they take a number of outlets. Um, so there's a big push to try to make sure we competed with the other outlets that this app Neat. streamed in. I can dig it. Um, yeah, speaking of, of work, yeah, Lori and I used to work together. She actually got me that job, so thanks for that, Lori. I was only there for a few months. I was going to say, I put you in that hellhole, so... <laughs> hey, no, that was that was... An excellent place to be. That it's was very like low key for the sure. The lowest stress, wear whatever you want, pretty much set your own schedule, and honestly, the expectations were pretty low. It's true. Like, not to mention that that I came in at a period of time when they kept changing what it is we were actually supposed to focus on. <laughs> yeah. Like we we were both technical writers and we would write like tech blog posts. And um, we were working for, a, it was an internet service provider and a, and a web host. And so we were supposed to focus on those things. But then as time went on, like, our writing requirements changed and, like, got cut in half and then increased again. And then, well, you don't have to just write about hosting. You can write about any cool tech stuff or just basically anything you're interested in. And it's like, oh, <laughs> this just keeps getting easier. Yeah, no, for sure. Um... As a part-time, I started as an intern there just part-time when I finished mm. up school, and I think that is the, uh, for what I wanted, was the optimal situation. Yeah. Uh, when it became a full-time, like, oh, this is what I might be doing for a long time, it got scary, and I <laughs> jumped ship, along with some other reasons that don't need to be said on the podcast. <laughs> that's that's super fine. I, I'm, I... 
if I felt guilty about things, I would feel guilty about this, um, is only being there for, for such a short amount of time. Um, but due to my uh, laziness and lack of attention to my studies in the prior semester, I realized, oh, I actually don't have enough time to work. Yeah. Like, I, I could have potentially squeezed in, like, 10 hours. Yeah. Um, and if I did so, I'm pretty certain that I would fail at least one class, <laughs> which I can't do if I'm going to graduate. Exactly. Um, so, no, that was that was really the best place I could have been at the time. So. Good. But uh, But now I'm sitting around and studying and making a dumb podcast. Hey-o. Um, actually, I, this happens so rarely that it's important for me every time it does happen. I couldn't sleep last night. It was so bizarre. Like, I, I wasn't anxious about anything. I just couldn't sleep. Um, and so while I was in my state of non-sleep, just lying in bed, I've, I keep getting ideas for things that I want to make and do. This podcast being one of them, I'm finally doing it after playing it for months um, and other technical stuff I won't get into. Um, I've wanted to make a video series about something for the longest time. And I had kind of steamrollered um, Sarah into agreeing to being my director of photography for this like human interest series that I was going to make about, you know, different subcultures and interests that I'm not a part of and exploring those. Um, and that's still something I really want to do, but the scope of that kind of a project is so large and the kind of investment that I would have to make and make other people do it, it it's too big for right now. Um, but I still really want to make stuff. I want to make content. Um, and so while I was sitting and thinking about nothing while I wasn't sleeping, um, <laughs> I, I remembered, I mean, I've been playing Borderlands 2. Mm. Um, I actually just got back into it after taking a break for a while. And um, I was playing through and I was exploiting this glitch um, in one of the DLC chapters. And um, while I was thinking about that, I was like, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of um, videos and instruction sites that tell you how to exploit these things. Um, and that's fine. You know, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, but there are very few, I guess I would call them reviewers. I don't know that actually, that actually explore like the ethics and the effect on gameplay that mm. these kind of things have. Specifically, this one um, specific glitch, this exploit, um, the way this chapter is supposed to progress is you have all these story missions that follow one after another, and you get to the end, you fight a big monster, and you go into a treasure room and loot a bunch of treasure chests. You know, pretty standard. Um, the thing is, you can revisit that same place, but you can't get back into the treasure room. It's sealed up. Um, but people have found an exploit where you can get back into the treasure room as many mm. times as you want to. There are a couple different methods behind it. One, you, um, you know, the way that you actually get to the room um, is you have to climb over this monster's body um, once, once you kill it. But the thing is, when you revisit that same place, the monster, the Leviathan, is gone. Um, so you can't climb over it, except for 
it isn't gone, it's just invisible. It's <laughs> still there, so you can still climb it. Um, so you can still... And then there's, like, a glitch where you actually clip through the wall and, and can get back in. Um, and so I've already actually written the script for this one episode. Um, there are two ways that you can actually do this. You can um, do this invisible monster glitch, which... All it involves is understanding your positioning and your movement, and you can get into it and repeat that as many times as you want. Or you can go back and fight the monster and kill it again, and then do the same, you know, glitchy behavior. And and I kind of contrast the two um, the two ways you can get into you know get into the exploit. You know, on the one hand, you are you know exploiting what I would consider an oversight on the developer's part. You know, they shouldn't have left in an invisible monster body. Sure. I'm not sure the limitations or if they could have actually removed it or or what. I don't know what the problem there is. Or you can actually give yourself a challenge, though though it is minimal, and attach that to a reward. You know, even though the reward isn't by design, you know, it's still, you know, it still kind of hooks that... Uh, you know, that pleasure center in your brain. Um, and and so I, I feel like I'm going to be be exploiting a bunch of those things. I'm probably not going to do all newer games, maybe go back and do one of the billion Ocarina of Time <laughs> exploits. Um, I was actually watching a video just earlier. Um, you can beat Ocarina of Time, the the guy who did a live playthrough, in under 23 minutes. I've seen that speedrun because he you do some glitch where you can jump to somewhere mm-hmm. you shouldn't be able to jump to. Yeah, it's it's some bizarre, um, yeah, coding uh, where yeah you jump into you know a teleporting ring whatever, and then you're able to make it transport you elsewhere, <laughs> and you can actually make it throw you into the end of the game. Um, so so yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm trying to to decide whether to call it um, Broken Games because, like, Game Breakers is already taken, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like Game Breaking is too derivative of that. Um, either that or um, I like I like Exploit Everything <laughs> um, is is not a bad it's not a bad title. Um, so I've got Fraps. I just got it. I'll probably be. Uh, be recording and putting out my first episode soon. Nice. Um, Exploit but, everything might give away your your bias, as if you're that's the imperative. You should exploit everything. Oh, I, I absolutely think you should. <clears throat> there you go. But but the trouble is, you know whether or not that's fun. Like, did did you ever get Skyrim? Have you played it? I haven't actually. Um, Skyrim, at least on the PC. Um, for, for console, it's a little trickier. Um, you know, that, that game was made to be exploited. Mm. You know, it's very simple to open up the console, give yourself a jillion bucks, give yourself all the weapons and armor that you want. And that's it. I mean, but, but the problem with that kind of breaking is that isn't fun. So, so I mean, yeah, you can go and, and find out a glitch of how to, make this spell do a bajillion damage, 
but that isn't a rewarding experience. So, so that's kind of what I want to go into is, mm. is, you know, what's, what's the goal you're trying to achieve with this kind of behavior and, you know, ultimately does it pay off, you know, because, because who cares about press A to win? That, yeah. That isn't entertaining. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's funny too, um, you know, on your Borderlands example of exploiting that particular treasure room, you know, so you get all the money in the game, you buy every, actually I hear Borderlands is notorious for having just unlimited <laughs> items, so you probably can't buy everything, but um, you get super powerful weapons and equipment and all of that, and then you can kill everything easily, you know, how fun is that either, so. It, right, well that's that's kind of the, the thing that, I, that I'm going to be talking about is is there's very little difference in most people's, like, if you write it all out on paper, there's no difference between, you know, exploiting this glitch over and over to get yourself, you know, the chance for really good loot and just going into a save editor and giving it to yourself. Mm. You know, there's a very, very little difference. And honestly, all I can see is if you, if you set up a challenge and there's a reward attached then that's all there is to it. Like, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, like to exploit the invisible monster glitch. To me, that isn't rewarding. I mean, it was cool when I did it the first time, but it's like, when you find yourself repeating a process over and over without firing a single bullet in a game that's made of guns, <laughs> you might want to check to find if you're really enjoying yourself or not. Yeah, it, it probably varies whatever uh, psychological level people have of wanting to stick it to the man. If they feel like a particular amount of right. pleasure from over and over again, being like, ha developers, I screwed you <laughs> once again. You know, that's a personality trait that I don't have, but... Right, and, and people can, can do the same thing for a lot of different reasons. Like, maybe you're looking for this really one specific piece of mm. equipment. Sure. And you want, to, you want to get that the quickest way possible. You know, I can understand that because, you know, that kind of a game, it's very random loot tables. You know, if you're if you're going in to fight this monster, they won't drop the same thing twice kind of a thing. Um, so it's 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 a real crapshoot with that kind of thing. You know, people doing the same thing over and over, you know, 500 times yeah. and not getting the result they want. And I don't think that's fun either. No, um, that's very true. So it's... It's it's a real fine line. It's um, to you know, do do you want to do you want to break the game and just break it for the sake of that, or do that and have fun? I don't know. Yeah. But, well, uh, sounds like it'll be interesting. Are you gonna do a video? You said. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll be doing I'll be doing video guides and and probably I don't know. I'm I'm not certain how often I'll do that and the podcast. Probably one. Um, one every other week. Mm. That makes sense. So yeah. podcast and video. Um, at least for now. Heck, I might actually start writing one of the five books I've been talking about. <laughs> no, now that that's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> who who writes books? Who uh, actually sets real goals for themselves? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> well, I mean. Just to just to close out, then since we've been talking about games so much, what have uh, what have you been playing lately? Um, man, nothing. Which is ironic because you know 
while we were dating, my fiance and I were very enthused that we both really enjoy video games, actually. And to be honest, it's probably more me. I don't love playing games with other people. Games to me have always been about just the deep immersion and just feeling like I am the character I'm controlling. Mm -hmm. And I don't like interacting with others while doing it because I think that takes away from my experience for the most part. You know, then there's games like Rock Band and Mario Kart and that, you know, require that sort of thing. And tabletop gaming, of course, requires that. And it's very enjoyable. Um, but so I haven't been playing much. You know, I'm finally getting a little bit into Assassin's Creed 3, which is just so sad to admit out loud that it has taken me this long. Um, I, I feel like the the fourth one they already announced for like this fall. Yeah. That's really quick. It is super quick. I actually went to the Assassin's Creed 3 panel at PAX, and someone tried to ask during the Q&A, like, well, if you can do any point in history, theoretically, these series could go on for a really long time, you know, kind of tried to lead them into it, and they gave a non-committal answer, but just being in the room with them, it seemed like it was like a, yeah, we'll probably milk this cash cow. (laughs) And, you know, frankly... Uh, somebody asked me, they were like, well, how is three thus far? You know, it's a really engaging storyline. And I was like, no, actually, the storyline <laughs> has gotten pretty convoluted, at least the um, the framework of the modern day character. Mm-hmm. I always like the history storylines better than, of all the games in right. the series, better than the framework of Desmond Miles. Um, I was like, you know, it's getting really convoluted. And I think it's just getting pretty garbagey. I was like, but... Remarkably, that series has always been about the gameplay for me. I just love the idea of doing parkour all over buildings, and sure. I just always love playing that. So a little bit of Assassin's Creed Three. Um, I've been playing a ton of games on my phone, actually. Seriously? it's just the easiest thing to do in the quickest amount of time. I play two games on my phone. <laughs> Osmos and Robot Unicorn. There you go. Robot Unicorn's the good one I should get. Um, I have to admit, I am along the same line as Robot Unicorn and Endless Runners. I've been into Temple Run 2. Okay. Um, I, you know, the they came out with the Humble Android bundle. Okay. So some of the, those games, like um, Splice, is an incredible puzzler that I actually highly recommend to you. Uh, it's a great puzzle game in this. The soundtrack and... The graphics, it's all very minimalist. I feel like I've heard of that one, yeah. Really good. Um, So some of those games, Splice, um, Cran Physics was one that's cool. It's kind of a, you just draw whatever object you want to achieve your objective, moving the ball from point A to point B. So you just, no, I'm going to draw a square. And Mm -hmm. because where I draw it on the screen, it's going to drop at this angle and move the ball this far forward to, you know, do A, B, and C. Um. Before, a few months ago, I started, I could also purchase the THQ Humble Bundle, which obviously didn't do very much (laughs) in way of helping THQ, but um, I started playing Saints Row the Third, and for... I I bought that, I haven't played it yet. For as morally, you know, terrible as the game is, (laughs) 100%, um, it is really, really fun, actually. And the kind of, again, this immersion factor where you, instead of Grand Theft Auto, where you're just running around doing things to get money and stay out of trouble, you're in Saints Row building this brand and part of this gang that's like family. And it it really puts it over the edge for me. Grand Theft Auto, for me, has always been like 
well, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. But yeah, Saints Row I, is funner to me, more fun I, to I, me. I think that's maybe why I haven't played Saints Row yet. Yeah, I've, I've played a little bit of the Grand Theft Autos, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is interesting, you know, open world sandboxy, but I, I didn't really get the appeal. And that's maybe why I've been shying away from actually playing Saints Row. I mean, I wanted to support THQ, which is which is one of the reasons I got it. But but uh, yeah, now I actually might play it if it's if it's got more depth than that. It does, and yeah, I think I was trying to analyze it when I first started playing because I was really into it for a while, and I thought, you know, why is this? And yeah, I think it's that you're building more of a community and more of a a brand really that's kind of what the game centers on you're building the mm-hmm. brand that your gang is taking them back over cool. its territory and whatnot and uh, a little more investment than grand theft auto all right yeah i'll i'll, uh, I'll actually play it i've got it installed <laughs> it stares at me in the face every time i load steam that but, steam library gets you every time but dark souls borderlands and civ 5 are are uh, a little bit more persuasive maybe sure <laughs> sure well, I've taken a bunch more of your time than I said I would. Um, so we'll go ahead and end on that. Any any final words on the couch? Final words on the couch. Nope. This has been thoroughly enjoyable. I This was smoother going than I thought it would be. This might make it to air. You know, it's weird when you're talking with somebody. It's like you can actually just have a discussion. Uh, that's so odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, well uh, thanks for coming by, and um, I'll let you know if I ever do end up putting this online. Excellent. Thank you. No problem.